Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Um, as I sit here uh, now, I actually have a camera going through my body, um, taking pictures uh, inside me uh, to see if there's anything wrong. It's called a pill endoscopy, and it uh, is a relatively new, by medical standards, invention developed by a group of scientists in, in Israel. And uh, last night I spoke uh, at a group uh, commending Israel on its accomplishments for its 75th birthday. And I said, no country in the history of the world has ever contributed as much to humankind in its first 75 years as Israel. And I was a walking example of that, uh, having this little capsule that I swallow and it does all the work for me. Um, it's just absolutely remarkable. And there's so many other innovations that have come out of this tiny little country. And yet, it is condemned more than any other country in the world today. Um, and, uh, and part of it is uh, the increasing amount of anti-Jewish bigotry, anti-Jewish hatred. You might even call it anti-Jewish racism, although Jews are not a race. And the real question is why, why? After the Holocaust, after Nazi Germany, you'd think that would be an end to it. But it's not. And today I want to talk about one particular manifestation of it in Ukraine. Uh, I would bet you that the vast majority of my viewers and listeners support the efforts of Ukrainian heroes uh, who are fighting against uh, a much larger country with a much larger army, uh, which is firing at civilian targets and killing people in apartment houses. Um, Ukraine is on the right side of, of this war. Russia is on the wrong side. Russia invaded without any legal or moral uh, justification. Oh, I know they said that uh, the people in um, eastern Ukraine really want to be under Russian control. Well, let, let them have a vote. That's the way you do it in a democracy. You don't invade. But notwithstanding the heroism that is being shown by many people, um, particularly in the fighting that's going on, on the Russian border, some of it in Russia itself, much of it in Ukraine, there's this disturbing picture that one sees all the time, and that is the picture of Nazi symbols being worn by uh, Ukrainian soldiers. Um, there are two or three particular groups that do it, but, you know, here, uh, they, they, there was a, an effort to try to prove this was a false picture, but People who looked into it said, no, it's a, a true picture, an actual swastika um, being held up by neo-Nazis who are fighting on behalf of, of Ukraine uh, or uh, some of these other pictures that have been on the Internet. You can just go on the Internet and do, you know, Ukrainian neo-Nazi and you'll see picture after picture. 
of symbols. Um, some of them are not the swastika, they're the kind of imitation swastika. The symbol, the SS, the stormtroopers, uh, the death head, uh, the Totenkopf, uh, which was the symbol used by Nazis who were guarding the death camps in Auschwitz and other places. What kind of a symbol to use when you're trying to defend your family and your country in Ukraine. Well, it turns out there are a lot of Nazis that still are in Ukraine. Uh, of course, Ukraine has a history uh, of horrible anti-Semitism. Its um, hero, its national hero, is a man named Khmelnytsky, who massacred uh, thousands and thousands of Jewish babies, women, children, adults, in the interests of what he called Ukrainian nationalism. Uh, and his statue sits today, today, in the center of, of Kiev. And I have in my wallet a $5 bill from Kiev. You may remember I represented the president of, um, of Ukraine. So I have a $5 bill, which has Khmelnytsky's picture on it. So we're not talking about then. We're not even talking about then, back in the 1940s, when Ukrainians were complicit in the mass murders at Babiar, where thousands of Jews were just taken from the middle of the city of, of Kiev and taken to a, a park. I've been there and they dug ditches and then they just shot everybody and killed them with the complicity of many, many, many Ukrainians. Uh, many of the guards in the death camps in Poland were Ukrainian volunteers. Uh, to be sure, Ukraine now has a president who's of Jewish heritage, although he didn't announced that particularly, but people knew. And if you're an anti-Semite, you always know who a Jew is. And uh, he too is a hero. So, you know, it is a little cognitive dissonance there when you have the two heroes being the Jewish uh, president and the other heroes being the Nazis who are fighting on behalf of the Jewish uh, president. And, um, it's, it's unclear how this will be resolved, but what worries me is the aftermath. Uh, there are three possible resolutions, obviously, to all wars of this kind. One, uh, the Ukrainians could win and chase the Russians out. Two, the Russians could win and take over Ukraine. Or third, there'll be some kind of a compromise peace, which is probably the most likely outcome. But let's, let's consider the first two. Let's assume Ukraine wins this war and chases the Russians out. The heroes of that victory, many of them will be Nazis, people who proudly showed the Nazi symbols and who have praised Hitler. And, uh, and, and, and they will get elected to high office. Maybe the next president conceivably could be a hero. That's what happens. Uh, remember who our presidents have been, Washington, and you go down the line, probably, what, a full third of our presidents, certainly in the 19th century were, were military heroes. And so it's very possible that Ukraine will have a military hero Nazi um, in the future if it wins. If it loses, you know what's going to happen. You know these Nazis are going to blame it on the Jews. They're going to blame it on, even though there's a tiny, tiny, tiny population of Jews uh, in, in, in Ukraine. There used to be an enormous population, millions of Jews. Uh, but they were all killed um, in, in the Holocaust. Um, but, but there's a small number still. I know some of them. Um, um, and um, 
the Jews will be blamed for it and the Jewish president will be blamed for it. Uh, you know, blaming the Jews is a trope that goes back to, to the Bible um, and Egypt and uh, Queen Esther and uh, all the biblical stories uh, uh, focused, so many of them, on, on the Jews being at fault. You know, then they do good things like Jacob and Joseph did and uh, Esther did, but uh, they're still blamed for the, the bad things. So unless the war is resolved in some kind of a win-win situation, I don't know if it's going to be a win-win, it's more likely to be a lose-lose situation, um, it, we could see a tremendous uh, increase in neo-Nazism. And remember, neo-Nazism is not just directed at, uh, at, at Jews, it's directed at people of color, it's uh, directed at gay people, um, and uh, it's directed at uh, so many others. I mean, Nazism had so many enemies, um, gypsies, uh, that is, that's what they called them, uh, Romani people, or sent to the death camps too, not in such large numbers, but large enough in an attempt to wipe out the whole uh, population in, in Europe. That was part of the final solution, get rid of what they called the gypsies and get rid of the inferior uh, people called the Jews. Um, and, and the question is why? Why after so many years of suffering and the Ukrainians did suffer in the Second World War. Doubly, they suffered from the Soviet occupation, and then they suffered by the Nazi occupation, although many of them were complicit in both. Um, you know, there are certain kind of people that just blow with the wind. If the Russians, the Soviet are in charge, hey, hey, good old Stalin. If the Germans are in charge, yay for Hitler. Uh, same people, um, hypocrisy and self-serving um, attitudes of that kind are, are very common. And uh, nobody watching this program should be in any way surprised that hypocrisy is the name of the game. And so what's going to happen uh, in Ukraine? Um, will we see uh, an increase in uh, neo-Nazism? Uh, it's interesting, in the New York Times article today about this, which is where I got the idea for the show, um, they say it's a complex problem. It's a complex problem because some of these symbols are really symbols of Ukrainian nationalism. You know, it's not a complex problem. Uh, Ukraine has a long, long history of Jew hatred, a long, long history. And uh, yes, what's complicated and interesting is it has a president of a Jewish heritage and it has people who support Nazism. Um, and um, they don't seem to go together but uh, in Ukraine, uh, there are probably a lot of people who see no conflict. Um, you know, they think Zelensky is a good Jew. But what about the others? Uh, you know, Hitler was right. Uh, uh, they didn't kill enough of them. Why did some of them come back and claim their property? You, you hear that all the time. You hear it uh, in Ukraine. You hear it in Poland. And, you know, Poland is trying to make it illegal to say that... Uh, any Poles were complicit in the, in, in the Holocaust. Of course they were. There were some really good Poles, uh, righteous Gentiles, who were now memorialized in Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial in Israel. Great people. Um, I met some of them. Uh, incredible, 
in, incredible Polish people who did remarkable work. And I'm sure there are some Ukrainians too. Never met one, but I'm sure there are Ukrainians also who were heroes and fought against uh, the German genocide against the Jewish people. But the vast majority of uh, Ukrainians were, were complicit. They either stood by and did nothing or they actively supported the Waffen SS Galicia group. Um, Galicia is the area uh, that is part of Ukraine and part of Poland, where my family is from. We're, we're called Galicianas. We come from Galicia. And so the Waffen Galicia Brigade murdered members of my family, mostly in Poland, not Ukraine, but I'm sure there were probably some in Ukraine as well. I know there were some in, in Czechoslovakia, what was then Czechoslovakia, now the Czech Republic. And so I, I ask all of you to, to, to look in your souls and, and ask yourself the question, how can you imagine people who have done some good things, Ukrainian soldiers have really done some good things, how can they still use symbols that reflect the worst period in human history and a period in which so many of them were, were, were complicit? Um, and even if they weren't, why would you want to become complicit uh, with Nazism by having your current heroes wear Nazi symbols? It, it just makes no sense. But, you know, Jew hatred makes no sense. I, I think I've mentioned to you once before, you've all heard the term Trump derangement syndrome. I actually invented it, um, but not in the context of Donald Trump. I invented the term derangement syndrome in relation to Israel and people like Noam Chomsky and Norman Finkelstein. You can have a discussion with two people like that about any subject, and it's a rational discussion. And then you mention Israel, and their brains become like scrambled eggs. You cannot have a rational discussion about Israel on college campuses today. You cannot have a rational discussion about Israel. You can't have a rational discussion about Donald Trump. Uh, so this kind of syndrome uh, where the brain gets mushy when certain subjects get discussed um, isn't limited to Trump and it isn't limited to Israel, though I think those are the two that are most most uh, common. On Martha's Vineyard today, there's the, uh, the Dershowitz uh, syndrome. Uh, people are afraid to be seen with me, are afraid to come and hear me speak in the library. I used to be the most popular speaker in the library. There were crowds that had to be turned away. And now finally the library has invited me back to speak, um, but limited to 25 people. And I have to speak about um, my, my new book uh, on killing uh, who decides who shall live and who shall die, not about Trump. Um, and so there have been restrictions placed even on my, on my free speech. And you try to discuss me with people on in Trillmark on Martha's Vineyard, and it's the syndrome that pops up. We can have a rational discussion about anything else, but it's, you know, it's Larry David. Comes up to me, screams at me, yells at me, uh, looks like he's going to uh, have a stroke when he talks about me. He thinks that I'm complicit in the election of Adolf Hitler. I mean, basically, that's how absurd he is. And his wife, his former wife, Lori David, she's leading the campaign to try to get me banned from the library. Even after the library agreed to let me speak, she wrote a letter complaining miserably why why I should be allowed to speak, I who helped her daughter get into college and who represented her, 
uh, pro bono um, in, 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 a, in a case. Um, um, but when it comes to me speaking in the library, no, she doesn't want the people at Trillmark to hear my views, my views on any subject. Uh, uh, and, and so she's uh, leading the campaign to get me barred and banned. And she claims to be uh, a liberal. Uh, no, I, I don't think that shoe fits. But it's a problem now. All over the world, we're seeing increases in bigotry and hatred um, in university campuses. Uh, look what happened at City University. We talked about that. They invite a graduation speaker who has basically said that one-third or one-fifth of the graduating class, I don't know how many of them would call themselves supporters of Israel, but if, if, if there were any supporters of Israel uh, in that graduating class listening to her, this is a woman who has said that she hopes that every Zionist, that is everybody believes that Israel is the right to exist, every Zionist should burn in the hottest places of hell. Can you imagine being a student who's worked for three years to get your degree and you hear that from a person who makes those kinds of statements? And then you read that your faculty has unanimously, not a single dissenter as far as the news reports have reported it. I haven't done the counting myself, but the faculty unanimously has voted to boycott only Israel, not Iran, not China, not uh, any of the other countries that have real human rights problems, but only the nation state of the Jewish people. No academic contacts between the universities, no economic dealings between the two countries, a complete cutoff. Now, as I've said to many people when I've spoken against this boycott of Israel, if you want to boycott Israel, stop using that pill that I just took uh, that is a life-saving medical uh, technology. Uh, stop using computers, um, components of which were developed in Israel. Stop using so many of the major medical innovations that come from Israel. No, people don't want to do that. They want to be able to use these, these um, uh, technologies to save their lives and to help their families, but they just want to say they're going to they're gonna boycott um, Israel. So my question to you, and I hope I'll get some letters on it, is, is why only, what is it now, 70 years after the, the Holocaust, why is there still such Jew hatred at City University of New York, at Berkeley Law School, uh, at Columbia uh, uh, University, at the United Nations, at Human Rights Watch? And some of the worst perpetrators of people of Jewish heritage and background, Peter Beinhardt, uh, makes money speaking all over on why Israel shouldn't exist as a, as a state. Never talks about why Palestine shouldn't exist as a state or why Saudi Arabia was invented by the, by the British and the French uh, or why Jordan or why Syria, why they shouldn't be states. But Peter Beinhardt doesn't want Israel to be uh, the nation state of the Jewish people. And he's invited by Jewish groups like Temple Emanuel in New York, the largest reform synagogue that has banned me, has invited Peter Meinhardt. So, you know, this double standard, this hatred of Jews, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I have a letter on my wall from uh, Albert Einstein saying anti-Semitism is the sickness of the anti-Semites. And it is, but it's a spreading sickness. And I hope I'll get some letters from you, maybe helping me to understand how this phenomenon has survived so long. 
Let's turn to some letters. Okay, this is one that relates to what I've just been saying. How does the far left staunchly support third wave feminism, LGBT pride, anti-fascism, decriminalizing drug use, uh, and simultaneously supporting Iran and Palestine? Um, obviously, Iran is the worst. They throw gays off the roof. They hang dissidents. But the Palestinian Authority, and certainly Hamas and Gaza, both groups that represent Palestine are not what you think of as paradigms of, of human rights and paradigms of, of liberty and freedom. A little bit of comparative analysis is probably, probably worthwhile. What is your opinion of former President Trump wanting to outlaw birthright citizenship? Look, if I were writing the Constitution, I'm not sure I would put uh, automatic citizenship uh, on everybody who happened to be born in, in the United States. I think citizenship is more than, than birth. Of course, at the time the Constitution was written, people didn't travel. And if you were born in the United States, the assumption is you would die in the United States and you'd live here for many years. Um, the Constitution also has another provision that I wouldn't have put in if I were at the Constitutional Convention, saying a president of the United States must be uh, naturally, uh, natural, a natural citizen, natural born citizen. Which, which, which has been defined broadly. It includes people who were born outside the United States to military and to uh, people who have one parent who is a, uh, an American. Um, Ted Cruz was not born um, of two American parents in the United States. Uh, Mitt Romney, uh, McCain, I think, and there are a number of others throughout history that uh, do meet the qualification of being natural born because all it means is that you're a citizen and you haven't been naturalized. You haven't had to take tests and swear allegiances and all of that. And um, anybody who's that, I mean, you know, Yo-Yo Ma can't be president of the United States because he was born in France or China or somewhere. And some of our greatest citizens in history uh, can't be president of the United States. At least they can be citizens. So uh, if I were writing the Constitution, I don't think I'd write that provision, but I wouldn't change it at this point. I think it's there, and, um, and um, uh, it should be kept. Okay, two questions related. Um, professor, is the Holocaust an absolute truth or a truth that can change? And that's one question. Uh, and then the next question from a different person is, what is your belief in absolute wrong based on, if not on natural law? Well, I think we can all now agree that the Holocaust was wrong, that slavery was wrong, that disenfranchising women uh, was wrong. We can argue about voting at 18 or 21. That, that could be right. 21 might be a better age. 30 might be a better age. 18, 16, who knows? Those are matters of degree. But the Holocaust is not a matter of degree. We, we, we not only know it occurred, we know so many of the details because the Germans kept scrupulous records. We have the names of the people, the dates they died, the manner by which they died. And we're talking about six-month-olds and, you know, a year-old people. We're not talking about soldiers. We're, so there's no, could be never any, any doubt about the, the existence of, of the Holocaust. My, my own relatives died in the Holocaust. We know we have their letters trying to come to the United States and being, and being turned away. Of course, the details of any historic event change. You can get some change in the numbers. You can get some change in 
where this happened or that happened, you can make an argument that this or that Ukrainian guard was not really a volunteer. He was compelled uh, to be a guard. We've heard that excuse many, many times and in almost every case it's been disproved. But, you know, you can get some disagreements about the details of the Holocaust. You can't get disagreements about two things. One, the Holocaust occurred and two, that it was the most unjustifiable, horrible, evil, um, as were other things like slavery, like the Rwandan genocide, like uh, other genocides that have occurred throughout history. The Ukrainian famine um, imposed by the Soviet Union on Ukraine was, was a horrible thing. The, the Irish famine imposed, there's a little bit more disagreement there about the circumstances, but there's no doubt that the British played some role in um, creating a famine that caused a lot of uh, people of Irish heritage to come to the United States. You know, it's remarkable. We think of Irish culture as so prominent. It's so important in the United States, and it's so great. It's so wonderful. Hard to imagine in America without Irish culture. But, you know, the number of people who live in Ireland is, is tiny. It's tiny. What is it, six, seven million? It's less than 10 million. Uh, Ireland has fewer people in, than Israel. But the number of people of Irish heritage in the United States is in uh, tens of millions. Um, and so uh, Ireland is a place from which many Americans came and contributed uh, greatly. But, you know, when I came to Boston in 1964, there was still incredible anti-Irish bigotry among Brahmins and wasps. And at Harvard, um, you could count uh, the number of... Uh, um, Irish-American kids who were admitted uh, to Harvard. If your name was Kennedy, you have a, obviously a better chance. But if your name was O'Brien or O'Neill or Sullivan um, and you had better grades than others, um, there was discrimination. There's no, no doubt about that. And it continued for, for a long, long period of time. And we, we treated Irish immigrants horribly during the Civil War. They came right off the boat, went and became cannon fodder. And so many of them died in a war that they had no idea what it was about. They just were given a gun and told, kill, kill a Southerner. And most of them, or many of them, got killed uh, and never returned. So, you know, our history is uh, very much a mixed, a mixed one. So let's see what other letters we have. So absolute wrongs can be determined. There's much more consensus on what is wrong. And we learn that from experience, not from natural law, but from experience. When we experience terrible things, we generally write laws to make sure they don't recur. After the Holocaust, we created human rights laws in the United Nations and, and elsewhere. After slavery, we got the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. Okay, somebody corrects me. Washington's letter was not to Truro, Massachusetts, Alan. Really, you should proofread and review your videos. The letter was... To Newport, Rhode Island, of course. Yeah, it was to the Turo Synagogue in Newport, Rhode Island. So you're wrong. Yeah, it wasn't Truro, Massachusetts, but it was the Turo Synagogue, the historic synagogue, the oldest synagogue in America, to which George Washington wrote his great letter. The letter itself, as you heard me say when we talked about it, many of the best words in the letter were borrowed from the rabbi, Rabbi Satius, who wrote to Washington congratulating him and saying bigotry is not recognized uh, in this new country. Um, but it was the Turo Synagogue, T-O-U-R-O -O, Synagogue in 
Rhode Island, to Newport, Rhode Island. I've been there. Uh, the letter, the actual written letter is now uh, in New York and I think uh, someday be given to a, a museum, but it's right now in private hands. All right, this is my typical letters. Ellen, how were the young girl masseuses at Epstein's house? I, I wouldn't know. I never had a young girl masseuse at Epstein's house. And even the woman who um, initially uh, accused me has now admitted that uh, she might have confused me with somebody else in case of mistaken identification. So as far as I'm concerned, that case is, is closed. But if you want to keep writing me, go ahead. I have nothing to hide. I've done absolutely nothing wrong. And I'm happy to, to talk about it and discuss it and continue uh, what I've been doing since, 19, since 2014, proving that it never happened. Now it's been proved. And uh, I, I, can, I can rest. In one spot, you said the Constitution is what the words say. In another spot, you said the Constitution is what was written specifically for the time. These two things conflict. Well, the Constitution conflicts. There are certain parts of the Constitution that are clearly written um, uh, with great specificity. And there's no room for interpretation. You have to be 35 to run for president. You can't run if you're 34. On the other hand, uh, if you claim you want due process, that just means the process that's due. And that's something that will change with time. Cruel and unusual punishments. Unusual means unusual for the time. At the time of uh, framing the Boston Massacre, remember the conviction resulted in the branding of some of the soldiers. Obviously, today we, we don't brand uh, and, and we don't do many of the things that were done at the time of the, re of, of the rendering of the Constitution. So there are certain provisions that are fixed and there are certain provisions that are variable. As in the terms of Justice Scalia, part of the Constitution is dead. Part of the Constitution is very much a living document. All right. Is it even possible for American citizens to boycott Iran? Are there Iranian products available for sale here? And if not, what do you mean by boycotting Israel but not Iran? Well, what I mean is that a lot of the people who want to boycott Israel, I bet you that the woman who spoke uh, at CUNY wants to allow Iranian products to be sold, probably will buy them herself, probably would sell them herself. It's not a question of are they available now? These same hard left anti-Jewish radicals would like to increase uh, relationships, economic and academic um, uh, with Iran, I, I have no objection to increasing academic relationships with Iran. Let them have visiting professors here. Let us have visiting professors there as long as they're, as long as they're, they're safe. But um, what I don't want to see is the hypocrisy of uh, people who say uh, we should only boycott Israeli products, Israeli academics, Israeli ideas, Israeli technology, but not, uh, not boycott any other, any other country like Cuba. Uh, for example, we know um, I'm not in favor of the Cuban uh, boycott, uh, but many, many have been. Um, and, uh, you know, I like a good Cuban cigar as well as anybody else. So um, I'm, I'm hoping we will open relations with Cuba. Um, and I would like to see relations open with many countries, but I don't favor economic boycotts uh, against Israel. I do favor it against uh, Iran. I did support to some degree, the South African uh, boycott to end 
apartheid, um, but I do not support uh, singling out Israel as the only country in the Middle East to have a boycott directed at it. So please give me some letters on this subject. It's, a, it's, an, it's, it's an intriguing and difficult and painful subject to, to talk about the increasing amount of Jew hatred in the world. Tell me what you think, why it's happening. What will it go away? Uh, I value your opinion. See you tomorrow. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.